Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you Amazing. in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. into this conversation our good friend nba analyst and co-host of oddball with amin el hassan is amin el hassan who i've watched make faces in the zoom chat during this entire conversation amin you are a father so i'm curious what all these faces have been about for you jesse to be clear your friends had you thinking that your kid would come out like one of those trapeze artists in a cannon coming out with the helmet. Yes. <laughs> just flying through the sky. <laughs> yes. Stick the landing. <laughs> yeah. And it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are seven days out from my due date. Nothing. And that kids is how babies wow. are born. Don't question it. Don't go to health class. That is exactly it's PT Barnum and baby. Uh, and that is how we begin today. Uh, I mean, this has got to be a nice respite considering the NBA world has just been like beating each other with sticks for the last couple. The NBA has a gap of like three days without basketball games in the middle of the season and all hell is break loose, broken loose. Have you been surprised by just how crazy the last couple of days of gossip have been for your league? Not not surprised because we are a gossipy league, but a, a little, you know, kind of taken aback by just how much content is generated by one man and one man only, and that's Doc Rivers. Now, Doc went on a tear All-Star weekend. He told different stories to different media people that were just so outlandish. He told Rachel Nichols of Bully Ball, which you can catch right here on DraftKings Network, he told her that, the Bucks were the third team to court him this season. There were two other teams courting him, according to Doc Rivers. He told Frank Isola of Sirius XM NBA Radio that he tried to tell the Bucks ownership, why are you firing Adrian Griffin? He's doing a good job. And then he said, can I start after the All-Star break? 
And then he told other media people, yeah, like, this is the worst part of the season for the Bucks. That shit have started right. It was so bizarre that he would just unload the way he did. And then, of course, J.J. Redick, I, I could, you could sense someone just sitting there holding something inside and saying, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. And then by, like, the fifth thing, it's like, I can't stay quiet anymore. And then you get the backlash to J.J. Redick. And then you get the backlash to the backlash. It's really it's amazing just one man was responsible for all this. It, it, it is incredible. I mean, do you do you give any validity to what J.J. Redick said? I, I had said, well, let's wait for other former players or other people involved in basketball, see if they come out and maybe confirm what J.J. Redick has said. So in, in your eyes, was J.J. on target with anything he was saying? There's two ways to look at it. One is, is obviously um, the guys that played for him, like you said. I got to give them more kind of weight because they played for him. They know, right? So J.J., he's not the only one, by the way, who's been critical of Doc in the past. I know Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson have been critical. I mean, there's a lot of guys on the record who have played for Doc Rivers who are like, you know, he's a, a – you know, uh, just a guy who has this kind of reputation. And then there are other guys who will swear by him. And, you know, obviously Austin Rivers, one would one would hope, right? <laughs> but then also <laughs> Pat Beverly, Kenneth Perkins. I'm sure Paul Pierce, who's coming on Levitard's show with us today. I'm, I'm sure Paul and KG are guys that are going to stick up. So it, it, it kind of balances out. The other way to look at it is J.J. Reddick didn't say Doc's a bad coach. He didn't say Doc's a, a bad person. He said Doc's a guy who shirks responsibility and comes up with a lot of excuses and doesn't take the fall, basically. And then I don't think that in and of itself is a is a, a commentary on his coaching. He's the top 15 coach of all time, for crying out loud. So it's interesting. All the people who are jumping up and defending Doc are doing it by attacking JJ, attacking his career, attacking who he was as a player, as opposed to addressing what he said. Yeah, I usually think that defense is pretty telling when it comes up. And so uh, I think mercifully we'll get games back tonight. And so a lot of this will wash away until we get to one of the two Bucks games that's going to be on ESPN or ABC Airwaves this weekend and see if they'll put (laughs) J.J. Redick and the A crew on one of those to really give us what we all want. But, uh, I mean, before we get to the the second portion of the season, I don't say half because we know it's not split that way, uh, a lot did get made of the All-Star game this last last weekend. I know you and Charlotte talked about it. We talked about it with her yesterday. How big of a priority should this be for the NBA to do something about the current status of the All-Star game? Is this something that should matter to them an awful lot. It, it matters, Gojo, because this isn't just like some little exhibition game that you play and we're done, right? There's a lot of money riding on this, right? TNT, Turner, Warner Brothers Discovery, whatever the company is called now, when they pay for stuff, like when they pay, hey, we're going to cover the NBA. Cool. All right. They pay different amounts for different things. They pay a, an amount for these games on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And they pay another amount for having the playoffs and the conference finals every year. And they pay another amount for the MLK Day game and another amount for opening night. And they pay a large amount of money for All-Star Weekend, for exclusivity, for, for them to be able to tell Disney and ESPN, hey, you get the celebrity game. 
with all the clowns and stuff. We get the real stuff that everyone comes to All-Star Weekend for. And if you say, hey, okay, I'm going to charge you a lot for this thing, and then our delivery is a bunch of guys playing more clownishly than the clowns at the celebrity game. And sorry, celebrities, I'm just using clowns figuratively here as funny people who are trying to make us laugh. But when the Sunday game looks less competitive than the celebrity game, Turner or whoever is bidding on this, this all-star weekend, Turner, what am I paying for? What am I paying for? Just to see them jog lightly up and down the floor? So absolutely this is important, not only for the league, but also for the players. Because when you look at where maximum salaries come from, where the salary cap comes from, it's all derivative of a BRI, which is all derivative of all the money we make. And the biggest chunk of money we make is from national TV deals. And so if those deals become less valuable because you think it's a goof off, then you players also feel the sting later on. So uh, the the Latin, you know, we want to move on to basketball. This this is is something that unfortunately, unless they change it, is not going to get solved because players aren't all of a sudden going to care about the game. But you it talked about go. TV ratings, and I said this about the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl was awful, and it's still rated on TV. This year's NBA All Star Game, fourteen percent increase in viewership, and also a twenty percent increase of eleven million people in unique viewers. So the ratings went up. So at, at, at the end of the day, I mean, what you're talking about, it's about t- what is the TV paying for? They got a product that was better than last year's product of people watching. Uh, uh, Mike, you're right, except there's one little part of that that they leave out. And this is my favorite thing about ratings. Ratings is like the, the, the politicians when they run and they do the campaign speech, there's spin everywhere. With, oh, this is doing so well, and it's pulling in. Yes, we're up 14% from last year. Look at what the numbers are from two years ago. They're down from two years ago. Why are they down from two years but up from last year? Very simply. Last year, there's this guy who didn't play. His name is uh, Stephen, uh, Stephen Curry. That's right. Oh, and then this year he does play. And so, yes, there is a bump from having everyone available. But if you compare it to when the last time everyone was available or all the important people are available, it's down. And it's been going down for years. So any slight uptick that we got this year is not because people are really into the All-Star game and they enjoyed that. It's because they turned on the TV and said, oh, Steph is playing now, as opposed to last year. Where it was like, he's not on, turn it off. It's a, a, like like you said, this is something that could go round and round. We had a lot of inside baseball media conversation go on the last couple of days. So we'll mercifully move back to basketball coming up tonight. And I mean, I'm fascinated by the Western Conference right now. We've got this sort of grouping of four teams atop the conference that have really been there for a lion's share of the year. I'm curious in your mind, is there someone a clear cut favorite separate from record based on play and what you see this last stretch of the season that you would be most willing to bank on? Oh, this is this is a hard, look. This is going to be one of the most competitive runs that we're going to see in NBA playoff history because all of these teams are good, and all of these teams have flaws. So when you get to a situation like that, you always default back to the champs, the Denver Nuggets. They're cruising. They're not. I don't think they're going at ten right now. I think they're going at a strong seven. They're, they know what they're about. They know what they need to do when they get to the playoffs. Now, we have questions because they lost a lot of vets. 
and they're relying on guys like Peyton Watson and, and Christian Brown and, and guys like that to take a step forward. They've done that so far this season, but when we get to the playoffs, are they going to be able to keep it up when it gets, uh, it gets a little bit more crucial? I think like in the West, it would be the Denver Nuggets in the East. Man, I can't believe I'm saying this. Those Knicks are good, man. They're good. And they're deep. And if they're healthy, I, I like, I'm not saying I think they're going to win it. I'm just saying, you know, this is, this is a tough team, a lot tougher than people give credit to because of their past history. Of the, of the couple of teams that were maybe surprised or up near the top, like a Minnesota or Oklahoma city or a Cleveland mm-hmm. in the second slot in the East, which of those teams in your mind has the best chance to go the deepest in a playoff run? Yeah. In the West, Mike, I'm going to tell you, it's a, it's a, a stinky problem, right? Like, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, congratulations. <laughs> After years of being bad, you guys get to be the one and the two seed. How awesome is that? Yeah, we're, we're the best in the West. Yeah, okay. Here's the bad news. You're probably either going to play the Warriors or, like, the Kings or the Lakers or, or it's this mutant team from the play-in that should not be a seven or eight or Dallas or one of those teams. Like, these are all teams – that are really freaking good. With the exception of the Kings, these are all teams that have gone deep in the playoffs very recently. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Justin Fields has been in the news lately, mainly due to what else? His social media antics. Lucky for us, he joined the 33rd team brought 
podcast hosted by the St. Brown Brothers to talk about a number of things, okay, including the social media controversy of him unfollowing the Bears on Instagram. And he had a very colorful way of describing the situation. I still mess with the Bears. Isn't that? I'm just trying to take a little break. I unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG don't mean you're not messing with them. That's you know? true. That's true. That's facts. That's facts. Okay, so everyone is speculating uh, that he's not going to be back in Chicago because he unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. Now, according to the latest odds on the DK Sportsbook, Falcons are the favorite to have fields under center next season. They're at minus 130. Bears are in second at plus 200. So on the pod, right fields is like, I'm not trying to have football on my timeline. I'm taking a break from social media. But then he also followed Drake London, Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson on social media this week. So take that <laughs> statement <laughs> For what it's worth, uh, so, once the social- so wait a minute, he yeah. unfollowed his girlfriend and then started following a bunch yeah. of new girls. IG in models. this analogy, do I have yeah. that right? He unfollowed yeah. his girlfriend yeah. and then he started following a bunch of IG models on Instagram. Okay, so yeah, ah. he he want yeah <laughs> yeah he, he wanted to take a break from football because that's not the only thing in his life, but he followed three football players. Yeah, on Atlanta. Yeah, and, okay. And they straight, so after that social media stuff was out of the way, they straight up asked him if he wanted to stay in Chicago. Of course, of course I want to stay. Um, to be honest, bro, I'll be trying to like, you know, with all the talk, it's, it's hard to, you know, I guess kind of just boom be in one place, but I can't see myself playing in another place. But I know how that league is. Like, EQ, you was probably the same way uh, before you left Green Bay, but I mean... If it was up to me, I would want to stay in Chicago. I love right. the city. The city's lit. The the fans there, you know, they're great. And mm-hmm. the people. But um, it's a business. I ain't got no control over it. So whatever right. happens, happens. But I feel like the biggest thing with all this going on right now, I just want it to be over. Like, just let me know if I'm getting traded. Yeah. Let me know if I'm staying. It's tonight. Gojo, you were on Twitter saying that this is going to kick off the unfollow your girlfriend on Instagram challenge. I mean... When you see Adam Schefter quote tweeting this with the panel graphic of that quote, acting like this, I'm like, we really are in the middle of the offseason right now. And this is one of those things, too. I know exactly where Justin's been. Pablo Torre calls this the jump pass, where you start a statement and you don't really know where it's going to end and you just go. Because let me just stare directly into the camera. I'm not a man with a ton of great, successful relationship experience, but I can tell you one thing, fellas, not sound advice. Not sound advice, especially if you are already following her and then you decide, oh, you know what? I I don't want to deal with this right now. We're still cool, but no, that ain't going to work. It's not going to go well for you. No parts of that is sound legal advice from Justin Fields. So I would take that for what it's worth, put it off to the side and just say one man made a mistake when he was talking to his friends on a podcast. And that is what it is. Dad, thank God you never had to deal with this kind of stuff in relationship politics. Oh, God, you're not kidding. Talk about, I I mean, he... Unfortunately for Justin, he just contradicts himself. I mean, and, and and when you do that, this publicly, it's just out there for everybody to see whether you're saying it or whether your actions show it, because he's not the first or the last uh, that that unfollows his team. All of a sudden, they're scrubbed from your timeline. You know, so players know exactly what they're doing when they make this stuff public. But then to sit there and say, I need a break from social media and I'm more than football, but then to follow the players on the Falcons. I and mean, you just, 
you're just telling on yourself. I mean, you you just really are. I, so I, I you and Mike, what you the truest thing you said there is thank God I didn't have to deal with any of this stuff because I'm I'm getting tired just listening to this last three minutes of conversation. Now, what I will say is it's a good reminder in the midst of all this conversation because this has been a story because this is what we do. We mine social media in the offseason and we wait for players to do this. We called this out last week. We knew this was coming. That being said, Justin Fields, as he pointed out, is not in control of any of this. Justin Fields has no play in this. This is the Bears' decision about his future. So he is not someone that's calling the shots right here. And him doing this isn't some indication that him and his agent are pushing for anything like He's along for the ride right now, Dad, and I think people do need to remember that as this comes up because these are the kind of things right. that all of a sudden start to get a lot of anti-player animosity going. Is part as of he it said, a bargaining the, the thing, though, guys? Like, is part of this him trying to like uh, get the get the girls' attention? He's trying to get the Bears' attention by doing this a little bit, like. No, he. I, I don't think so. He has, like Mike said, he has zero power in this, zero say, zero anything. The Bears and, and any organization, especially if a player, and we don't get that in the NFL, has, doesn't have an, a no-trade clause. So basically the team, all, and the team always should do what's right for the team. The player, you know, through free agency now with, with what we have in sports, always should try and do right by them, and teams should try and do right by the team. So – he has no say in this. He, he, even if he says, hey, can you try and make it Atlanta if he wants to go there? He has no say because Chicago is going to look for the best deal. And quite honestly, Mike, they could pull off a twofer. If they don't think Caleb Williams is the top quarterback on their list and they have Drake May or Jaden Daniels grade right there and Washington wants Caleb Williams, they could literally get a package to move back one spot and they could get a package, obviously, to trade Justin Fields as well. They could really pull some assets out of this. So uh, uh, Field Yates and Courtney Cronin over at ESPN did an article talking about some of the assets available and packages for the number one pick that the Bears could potentially trade and for Justin Fields. And, Dad, they mentioned a number of teams in there, obviously Washington, New England, and Atlanta near the top of the draft are contenders to move up should they want to trade the pick. But uh, packages for Justin Fields, since he's the center of this conversation, Dad, they brought up the Falcons, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, Dad. Compensation aside, which of those teams do you think would be the most interesting or best fit for Justin Fields? Oh, I, I do think Atlanta, with that young core, Justin Fields, young player, the young core from a running back to tight end to wide receiver that they have. And I heard Justin Fields say they could probably use another wide receiver, and I think he's right there. I, I think that's an offense that would fit him extremely well. Just the Raiders, Luke Getze is the OC at the Raiders. Luke Getze was, yeah. am I correct there? Didn't he take that job there? He was the yes. OC in Chicago with Justin Fields, and we were all like, why isn't he using him differently? So I don't see that fit at all. So let's throw that one out. Uh, but of those teams, yes, I, I think Atlanta would be the best fit if they decide to go uh, outside the draft to get a quarterback. So I saw Field and Mina talking about this on the Mina Kime show featuring Lenny. And man, the Steelers are a really interesting one in here for a lot of reasons. And I think first and foremost is because you have the backstop of Mike Tomlin. Like Raheem Morris is going back for his next crack 
at being a head coach. So he's got to get this right. And the quarterback decision you make is going to be really vital. And there is still some risk baked in with Justin Fields for the Steelers. If you're looking for competition for Kenny Pickett, who they still have some loyalty to as their former first round pick with incredible upside around a group that towards the end of last season, we saw some of the weapons starting to bear fruit. You've got a backfield that man with Justin Fields as a compliment would be pretty incredible. That wide receiver group when motivated has been pretty potent and has some playmakers and George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. And so if you throw Justin Fields in the mix as an upside play, that's not going to be do or die for this team. You'd have a couple years of controls. People have pointed out because you could pick up Justin Fields option. I do think that would be an interesting option for the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point, dad, given where they are still trying to negotiate the dismount from the Ben Roethlisberger era. So you had Pittsburgh at 10 and seven, you had Atlanta at seven and 10. So by record, would you say Pittsburgh is closer, even though they're in that division with Baltimore and Cleveland? If so, that's why I think, would you rather have Russell Wilson or Justin Fields in Pittsburgh? I would rather have, in my mind, Justin Fields, because I'd take a little bit of the upside play and try and go forward there. I think Russell Wilson requires a very specific set of circumstances now to go out and be successful versus Justin Fields, where, man, if you catch lightning in a bottle, you got a young guy that you can all of a sudden make your future plans around in a way that's a calculated risk that I think at this point, given the team and the coach, you can afford to take. Maybe I'm wrong and Mike Tomlin's seat is somehow hot, but I still refuse to believe that that's a real thing that they're going to entertain in Pittsburgh. to Gojo and Golik. It's time for three for Thursday. So three NFL stories that we need to talk about. So guys, Tyreek Hill is on vacation in Greece, no less. So I don't know why he's taking the time to talk about anything and just not just sitting on the beach, but he jumped on social media and addressed some people talking crazy about Dolphin football. So apparently he was upset with some fans saying that they should trade Jalen Waddle. So he said, my boy Waddle is the future. He's better than I was at this point in his career. And for people in this fan base to want to trade him is ludicrous. Then he followed it up with this one, which had some Miami fans pretty nervous here. He said, him and Tua was special before me and will be special after I leave. So... <laughs> Guys, it's why he's he's do you think he's had a few? And then like, I feel like if you're on vacation, someone should take your phone. You shouldn't be able to go onto social media and say anything. <laughs> well, to your to your point, this is a very like millennial and down problem where it's like you're on vacation. Like you don't need to engage in the discourse here during the offseason. But I just saw Micah Parsons having a debate with Stephen A. Smith the other day about Dak Prescott's place in the quarterback hierarchy. So they're just too content pilled at this point. But dad, to me, this is much ado about nothing. I think it's pointing out that like, hey, they had a life before me there because I believe they were both at Alabama at the same time on those same teams there. Jalen might have been on the younger side, but I think they had some crossover there. But regardless, had that relationship and just the point that these guys are younger. This seemed like a real like big bro moment where Tyreek Hill is the more established piece of this group is coming in and trying to gas up these guys who Jalen Waddle has had his name mentioned trade wise here to a tongue of Iloa is eligible for an extension. And so this just seemed like loving up his guys a lot less than it was any sort of signs of the apocalypse coming for this Dolphins roster. Tyreek Hill has been in the league eight years already. 
I mean, yeah. that really is somewhat amazing. And this would be, I think, the fourth for Waddles on the last year of his deal. So that's the other thing. You know, you got you're talking about money. You know, are you paying Tua? Are you waiting another year? You got to pay Tua. You're going to pay Waddle. He's making a million dollars this year. And they could redo or they could extend his deal if they want to because he's an $8 million cap hit. And then for Tyreek Hill, he still has three more years. You know, his cap hit is 31, 34, and 56. So we'll never make the last year of this thing. I don't know about the second last year either if they're going to redo it because they're going to have a money issue. So how do they deal with that? Waddle has been fantastic. Waddle, you know, Tyreek Hill is such that deep threat. But you look at Waddle's numbers, they're not far off what he's done early in his career. They're actually some are better than what Tyreek Hill has done early in his career. So it's a great one-two hit. You know, you start naming duos in the league as far as wide receiver, you're going to have to go, you know, you're going to have to work to find a better duo than this but we know what it comes down to, Mike. The cap hits, the money you have to pay out, and can you keep everybody happy? Yeah, I, I think the things working against all free agent wide receivers is just how many good ones are coming out in the draft each and every year at a pretty high price. And right, Dan, I, I think ultimately when you look at this offense, yes, across their first 47 games of each of their career, Jalen Waddell edges Tyreek Hill in total receptions with 251 compared to 223. He has more receiving yards across that time as well. Hill has the edge in receiving touchdowns and yards per reception, but Jalen Waddell's been incredibly productive, but most people would probably point out it's been with Tyreek Hill on the field at the same time, by and right. large, what they've been able to do with Tyreek is still the more dynamic threat of that group. And so if you're the Dolphins doing future planning and you decide two is going to be your guy, it does complicate this a bit because you can get other players in the draft at this position, especially speaking of wide receivers, Jesse, let's get to our next uh, uh, little ish, uh, issue here topic here with the Rams wide receiver duo out here getting after it this off season. Yeah. Number two in our three for three, Thursday. So we got Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup. They were seen working out together in this Instagram video posted by trainer Ryan Sorensen. I think we have the video. Never mind. Maybe we don't. Just kidding. Uh, we do not have the video, but they were working out. It looked really cool. They looked very athletic, as you can imagine. <laughs> so uh, these guys racked up over 2,000 yards between them last season. I mean, we know Cooper Cup was plagued by injury. He never really got right. He missed those first four games of the season uh, and then missed more time with injuries. Didn't look great. So, guys, if they're both healthy here, okay, where do these guys rank among your top receiver duos heading into next season? Wow. Dad, it's hard to not put this group, if not one, then at least one B. Like we talked about one of the pairings already, right? And Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill that are certainly in that group. But I went off the top of my head last night, and this is what I had in terms of other duos that would be involved in this conversation. And by the way, the NFC West has a lot of them. Because you look out there, you've got yes. Cooper Cup and yep. Puka Nakua, you've got Debo Samuel and yep. Brandon Ayuk, and you've got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Yep. And hell, you could even maybe yep. in the future throw JSN in there as well. The other ones outside of that division I'd look at, obviously, if he comes back, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in Tampa Bay have been great. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, if that group remains intact. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Uh, the one, the two that I think is going to be talked about near the top, A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. Tank Dell and Nico Collins in Houston. Or Keenan Allen and Mike Williams 
in the uh for the chargers too so dad of that group i really think the nfc west is kind of in their own and then jamar chase and t higgins and probably that eagles group would be that top five that i would have to bat around with here if you ask me and pin me down i would probably still say on their best day aj brown and devonta smith would be really hard to top but i think a lot in that group are all vying for that spot yeah, I do too. I mean, if if you pressed me, I would probably still lean to Waddle and and, and uh, Tyreek Hill, you know, as as the best duo. But tough to go wrong with AJ and Devontae Smith. If if Cooper Cup gets healthy again, I mean, think about it, 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 how quickly do we do we kind of move on? And and I, we didn't really move on, but we had another shiny thing, right? I mean, Cooper was sure. down with the hamstring. And you're like, oh, God, they're in trouble. And then Puka Nakua just out of his mind. So all of a sudden, you know, you you start to forget a little bit about what Cooper Cup did because Puka's setting all kind of rookie records. And then Cup comes back and you're thinking, wow, what a duo. Cup hurts his ankle. So you have to wonder about, you know, that with Cooper Cup and the injuries going on. Because if they're both healthy, they're definitely going to be in the conversation. Right, because Cup's already been there, and now Puka Nakua. Let's see if he can follow up the sophomore season with what he did that did that freshman year. But there are a you mentioned all of them with the duos, and you mentioned it earlier as well. There is a slew of top level wide receivers coming into the NFL. It wasn't that long ago when rookie wide receivers or young wide receivers weren't making an impact right away in the NFL. Man, that's out the door. You got guys coming in the last handful of years coming into the league, just absolutely setting the league on fire, right? And you got another group this year that are looking to do that as well. So that position, you sit there and talk about positions, what kind of shape they're in. And we always talk about the quarterback position, how many great quarterbacks out out there, blah, blah, blah. The wide receiver position in the NFL in what is turned into a passing league uh, is really, really top-notch right now. Yeah, wide receivers become the new running back where they used to be plug-and-play coming yeah. right into the league because of the nature of the position and the way that football's evolved at almost every level has gotten us to that point now. So I, I, I guess, yeah, I'd probably, I, and I feel like I'm being dismissive. You talk about recency bias of forgetting the season that T. Higgins and Jamar Chase have put together, went together, and when Joe Burrow's healthy on the field, we were deprived of a whole season of this this last year right, with injuries right. around that group. But on their best day, that's been one of the most potent receiver duos. But man, it's hard to get that 2022 Eagles season out of my head where they basically rewrote the record books and that receiver tandem was a huge part of that. But I've let everyone know who will listen. I'm buying Ramstock next year. I understand they're dealing with the loss yeah. of D coordinator, the guy that everybody loved. I understand they got pieces they still got to fill. That offense should be a buzzsaw with these two healthy. And if they're not the best wide receiver due on the NFL, they're not getting out of the top three of those. That's for damn sure. So uh, that is three for Thursday. The other one we didn't get to, Amazon has paid $120 million for the rights to stream their first playoff game next year. So if you didn't like games being on Peacock and all these other streaming services this last year in Tough. the postseason, <laughs> my brothers and sisters in Christ, Unfortunately, they don't care. They got the ratings they were looking for. They got the up and subscribers they were looking for. This train has left the station, and unfortunately, it's going to drag us all along with it.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. Back to Gojo and Golik. NBA All-Star break is over, and we are being treated to a full slate of 12 games tonight. Teams returning to action. We have the Western Conference taking center stage on TNT. The national spotlight. First, you have Suns, Mavs, 7:30. So both jockeying for position in that middle area of the West standings. Mavs riding a six-game win streak going into the break. They're two and a half point home favorites against Phoenix. Then at 10 o'clock, you got two teams coming in hot. Okay, Warriors and Lakers. Golden State winners of eight of their last 10. LA looking for four in a row. Warriors, five and a half point favorites at home in this one. LeBron sitting out to rest his sore ankle. Clippers, Thunder, Knicks, Sixers also on the slate. Like I said, it's a full one, 12 games. Guys, how excited are we for the games to be starting up again after the NBA All-Star break? And now maybe some, some of the talking about crazy stuff will go away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, fascinated to see J.J. Reddick's first game back in the booth, what the conversation turns to. I know we're all forming a prayer circle around him getting one of the Bucks TV games this weekend. And while I doubt that's going to happen for a number of reasons, uh, Dad, it, it has been it will be a nice break from the inside baseball and the media that's gone on in recent days. Is there one team in particular down the stretch that you're most excited to watch? Well, I mean, I, I want to see if if the Milwaukee can pull themselves out of what they're in, right? I mean, Giannis at the beginning of the season said we need help here, you know, and they brought in Dame who finally left Portland after that whole, you know, saga where he didn't want to leave. You know, he was the Mike Trout of the NBA, but finally does leave. So 
you make that team there, but it's been Boston in the East that is really kind of uh, starting to run away and hide a little bit. The Cavaliers have been an incredible surprise. And the Knicks are one of those universal teams, right? You either love them or hate them. And here they are kind of in the, in, in the, in the, the midst of, of being one of the better teams, Jalen Brunson and what he's been doing and, and such a, such a fun, emotional guy uh, to watch how he gets into game. So there's a lot of good storylines. Does Minnesota and Oklahoma City, maybe that's it for me. Can they hang on? You know, one of those spots. Or are we going to see the the old man and the, you know, the old men, I should say, with the Clippers avoid missing time with injuries and kind of get to the end of the season? Where will they be? And Denver sitting in the four slot there. Will they end up at the top? Because you have only, what, six games separating the top six teams in the West. So you think think there can be some shuffling there, but that's one of the main things I'm interested in is can Minnesota and Oklahoma City hang on to that one-two slot? I think it might be the Clippers just to see if we can get another round of James Harden versus the Western Conference Finals. This place where he's traditionally run out of gas, this place where we've seen him go through these massive shooting slumps and not be able to quite get over the hump during so much of his tenure with the Rockets. Can this finally be different for a Clippers team that seems to have harnessed and weaponized Kawhi Leonard more regularly this year with his battles with injury, James Harden in a way that he hasn't been used before and is being productive in a place that people didn't think? I think they quietly become one of the most interesting teams down the stretch if they can stay healthy because of how potent they are basketball-wise. But, Dan, I'm with you. This feels like such a basketball hipster take, but I don't know if it is anymore. Oklahoma City, man, this is a rose growing through concrete. We talked about it all the time when they were in the waning days of some of the star power that was at that organization. It should not be able to happen. A market of that size we've talked about doesn't normally give you the option and ability to attract a bunch of high-profile free agents like a lot of these other places. You've got to go about team building differently. And Sam Presti sat for years and developed and stockpiled that war chest. He turned the departing superstars into assets that have now been built up to a team that might be the Denver Nuggets in a few years, Dad. Like, I think we talked to Amin Al Hassan at the start of the show today, and he brought up that this veteran status in the postseason in basketball does matter a ton. Having the experience of having, and we've seen that reflected Denver for years was a team that was up near that one seed spot but never was able to get over the hump the same thing for the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference who would put their foot down on the gas because when you're a young team you don't know better in the regular season and you go hard in a way that I think a lot of your veteran peers don't guys like LeBron James and Steph Curry who understand how to gauge their bodies for a long and deep postseason run but we see eventually that experience start to add up. And certainly for Sacramento, that can be the case after what they did last year. But I'm fascinated to watch not this Oklahoma City team necessarily getting over the mountaintop this year, but can this very young, potent core where Shea Gilgis Alexander's a legitimate MVP candidate behind Nikola Jokic, can they get enough experience to all of a sudden be one of those teams we start banking on consistently because of how they've built that team this year? Yeah, uh, that 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 is obviously something to keep an eye on. There's also the game tonight, uh, Sands LeBron, Golden State, and the Lakers. We talked about Steph. We talk about LeBron. We talk about the game we got a while back that went two overtimes where those two went off. They play two more times this year in the regular season. They currently hold the 9 and 10 slot. So even if they both made the playoffs in that area, they wouldn't meet in the playoffs till the, the, the Western Conference Finals given where they would be seated. So are we seeing the last couple of possibilities after this game when they have two more 
of these two playing in the teams that are constituted the way they are right now. Now, do we think LeBron's going to be with the Lakers next year and they'll try to make one more run on his player option? We all think the kind of the core of Golden State is going to be gone, right? Between Draymond and Clay and Steph, Clay already, you know, coming off the wasn't at the end of the game uh, for a while, and then has been coming off the bench. So, are we seeing kind of the end of this, these two guys in the runs they're having with their teams, or are we going to squeeze another year out of it? I don't know. Yeah, I, I do think still ultimately this is a Lakers team that's primed to make a big enough move this offseason to be enticing we've heard from enough of the people in LeBron's camp whether it's been Rich Paul or others publicly who have talked about LeBron's desire to end his career as a Los Angeles Laker but dead at the very least what we're going to get is probably a fresh batch of sound of people on Golden State side getting asked about that trade from around the all-star break and that potential before the trade deadline since that news sort of broke over that weekend we heard LeBron get asked about it and we think maybe stretch the truth a little bit in that spot, but it's a good reminder for both of those teams too. They're going to be playing teams. I think more often than not, I don't know if they're going to be able to make up enough ground to really pull themselves out of there. And that's a handful right. for a lot of these teams that you talked about. Minnesota is the one seed in the West have not done it with this core. We weren't sure if they were able going to do it. And now Rudy Gobert looking like the likely defensive player of the year, meshing with Carl Anthony towns and Ant-Man has got them in a position where through the regular season, it looks strong. But man, you get around LeBron or Steph or these guys that have done it at the mountaintop, especially if it's in a short stint, like either of those teams is capable of winning a series in the playoff. I don't think at this point we're primed for another deep postseason run like we saw from the Lakers last year, but either of them could sneak up and bite one of these teams that might not be as ready for the moment right now. And so it does present a huge challenge on that side that I don't know if exists in the East in the same way, dad. Really, in the East, we asked Amin about the Knicks as a team that he thought could upset the apple cart. But besides that, like, I don't know what to do with the 76ers at this point, because without Joel Embiid, and even yeah. if they get him back late, that doesn't seem like it's primed yeah. for any sort of long-term success there. So it basically becomes, are the Boston Celtics going to screw this up or not? I, I, I really don't know the answer at this point, because we've got a bunch of recent history with this core that suggests they've found a way to lose in these particular situations, but they've been so much better than the rest of the class so far. Yeah, that's, again, where I go. I'm interested in Milwaukee, not just with the Doc Rivers drama and the defense the way it was when he got there, but the fact, what, they're three and seven in their last ten, and I think seven of those games they didn't have their full starting lineup. You got Middleton with that ankle injury that he hurt, uh, I think, February 6th. So I'm interested to see what this team does on a consistent basis in the 20-some-odd games they have left if they can get their full lineup in or even if it's not until the playoffs, if they can get some time in with that full lineup to see what they could do. Uh, because I know the Cavaliers have been a surprise. Everyone is really you know, happy about the Knicks. But to me, it's still Milwaukee with their full lineup, barring any more injuries, if they can get to that, of what they can do on a consistent basis when you get the series in the playoffs. For a great breakdown of the NBA's home stretch in the second half, you can head over to vsin.com for their great NBA at the break betting primer. Got team tiers for the second half of the year, futures conversation about the potential MVPs, as well as teams that are on the outside looking in of a postseason run right now. Plenty of great action to check out over there. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare <laughs> 